Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 17th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Have you ever played darts blindfolded? I've never done it. It doesn't seem like a very good idea, but that's kind of what I feel like the Federal Reserve is doing. The monetary policy strategy seems to be throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Or as Ryan McMakin over at the Mises Institute put it, the Fed is winging it. At this week's FOMC meeting, the Fed raised interest rates 75 basis points. Just one month ago, we were told that a three-quarter percent rate hike wasn't on the table. Well, I guess the FOMC members were crawling around on the floor looking for a solution to the inflation problem because they found 75 basis points, right? McMakin summed it up perfectly. The fact that the Fed was forced to hike the target rate by more than it had suggested was even possible earlier in the year is a reminder that the Fed and its economists are simply in a reactionary mode when it comes to the U.S. economy's problem with mounting inflation. Now, granted, the economy is an extremely complex thing, right? There are a lot of factors. So, I understand it's really, 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 really hard to come up with the right monetary policy. And that, my friends, is exactly why you shouldn't have a room full of politically connected central bankers trying to micromanage the economy and monetary policy. They clearly don't know what they're doing. And in their defense, it's really impossible to know what you're doing when you're trying to centrally plan an economy. It doesn't work. It fails every single time. But, you know, they clearly don't know what they're doing. I mean, these are the same people who told us that pumping trillions of dollars of liquidity into the economy wouldn't cause inflation. It wouldn't cause consumer prices to rise. And then when it became clear that it was causing consumer prices to rise, they told us it was transitory. And and now they're telling us they can fix it. Of course, here's the crazy thing. They're surprised that their meager little 50 basis point swing didn't slow down the inflation freight train. They're surprised. Fed Chair Jerome Powell used that word. He said, since the last meeting, inflation has again surprised to the upside. Well, I wasn't surprised. In March, when everybody was saying inflation had peaked, I was saying, no way. So how is it that Mike Meharry, podcaster, knows and wasn't surprised, but the people running the frickin' monetary system were surprised? So anyway, now Powell tells us that 75 basis points seemed like the right thing. It seemed like the right thing. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence, right? Darts with a blindfold. But this is way more dangerous, right? Again, I like the way McMakin put it in his article. But when it comes to the Fed's decisions about where to set target rates, it is increasingly obvious there is no model. The plan, to the extent one exists at all, amounts to let's see how bad inflation is, and then we'll pick a target rate and hope that solves the problem. This is hope and pray monetary policy. That last part was mine, not me making. So, 
here's the perception. The perception is that the Fed went big this time around. And, and of course, it had to go big, right? It had to create the perception that it was going big, given that last week's CPI data uh, came in so hot. This was the biggest rate hike since 1994, when the Fed went from 4.75% to 5.5%. And you know what happened in 1995? The dot-com bubble burst. Now, tuck that little factoid in your back pocket. Now, I'm pretty sure the Fed didn't want to do this. I mean, despite what they're saying, these people have to realize that they're playing with fire, running up interest rates given the economic data that we're seeing. You know, kind of reading between the lines, this is my theory. If, if you could be a fly on the wall in a Fed meeting, this is what I think is going on. I think they really hoped that its meager 50 basis point hike last month, along with a lot of tough talk, would rein in this inflation dragon. You know, again, during his press conference, Powell confessed that he was surprised and that the committee was surprised that this didn't work. He said, quote, we've been expecting progress and we didn't get that. We got sort of the opposite. Yes, yes, you did, Jerome. You got the exact opposite. So with the data clearly indicating inflation hasn't peaked, the Fed had little choice but to get more aggressive, right? It's been saying we're in this fight. We're going to slay inflation. It can't very well in the light of the May data, you know, back off now, even though the economy's looking pretty rickety, right? We're going to get to that in just a second. So Powell even left the possibility of another 75-point rate increase on the table. But he also gave the Fed some wiggle room to slow its roll. And of course, the Fed always gives itself an out, right? Because it never wants to be emphatic. The Fed never wants to have to say, oh, we were wrong. I mean, he kind of said they were wrong this time, but, there, but there's always that wiggle room in what they say. Here, here's what he said. Clearly, today's 75 basis point increase is an unusually large one, and I do not expect moves of this size to be common. From the perspective of today, either a 50 basis point or a 75 basis point increases, increase seems most likely at our next meeting. We will, however, make our decisions meeting by meeting and will continue to communicate our thinking as clearly as we can, which isn't going to be very clearly because I don't think they're thinking all that clearly, right? So balance sheet reduction. Uh, as far as that goes, there, there wasn't any change in policy. The FOMC statement said, quote, the committee will continue reducing its holding of treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities, as described in the plans for reducing the size of the Federal Reserve balance sheet that were issued in May. Now, Powell made it seem a little more dramatic, saying, quote, we are continuing the process of significantly reducing the size of our balance sheet. Eh, using the word significantly seems like a bit of an overstatement, given the size of the balance sheet. And the plan outlined last month was less than impressive. It's certainly not significant. If the central bank follows through, and it almost certainly won't, but if it does, it would take about eight years just to reduce the balance sheet back down to pre-pandemic levels. So here's the real question. We got this big swing inflation. 
will this be the last swing at inflation? Now, the market reaction to all of this has been interesting. Uh, I think initially everybody was pretty pleased that the Fed went big. Um, The mainstream praised the Fed for its aggressive move. The stock market actually rallied on Wednesday, which was a little bit surprising. It was definitely a sell-the-rumor-by-the-fact situation. Of course, the stock market unraveled those gains uh, on Thursday. I think people sat back and thought about it and realized, eh, maybe this isn't so great. Uh, Gold sold off initially, as you would expect, any time that you get an aggressive move by the Fed, interest rates going up, people perceive that as bad for gold. Uh, they think the Fed's going to successfully, you know, slay the inflation dragon. But yesterday, gold held steady. In fact, gold saw pretty solid gains. We were back above 1850 yesterday. Um, so maybe people are starting to figure it out. Maybe they're starting to realize that, you know, no matter where we go from here is bad news. We're either going to get a lot of inflation, in which case you're going to want to have gold, or the economy is going to tank, and I still want to have gold. So we did get a pretty good rally. Gold and silver are still way underpriced uh, from where they should be at this point. I, I think I think the markets are becoming more aware that we're not going to get this soft landing that Powell has promised. I think they're starting to see through that charade. But I don't think people realize yet just how bad it's going to be. So here's the thing. In the big scheme of things, this really wasn't particularly aggressive. I mean, when you look at where the CPI is, and you look at where interest rates are, I mean, we're still at, what, 1.5%. That's still really accommodative monetary policy. I mean, I would argue that, you know, they're still really throwing gasoline on the inflationary fire. Now, the FOMC members seem to think that pushing rates to 35 to 4% should do the trick. That's kind of the target that they're talking about by the end of the year. That's not particularly aggressive either, again, given the level of inflation we're seeing. Remember, Paul Volcker had to run rates up to 20% to slay the inflation dragon of the 1970s. 20% was well above the CPI at the time, meaning if that's the strategy, the Fed would need to get rates over 8% to tame this current bout of inflation. And of course, actual CPI today is really much closer to those 1970 levels than the Cook numbers that we get from the government CPI data. So really, we need Paul Volcker-like monetary policy, and they're talking about 3 or 4%. And I don't even think we're going to get rates much past 2 2.5%. I mean, honestly, I'm not entirely sure they're going to hike again in this cycle. Now, Powell continues to claim that a soft landing is possible. He did concede that the path is getting narrower, but he still insists that we can have this soft landing, meaning that we can get inflation back to the 2% target without throwing the economy into a recession. He insists that the economy is strong and that the American consumer is healthy. Now, color me skeptical. The economy was built on easy money and debt. Taking away the easy money will pop the bubble and collapse this house of cards economy. 
in reality, this needs to happen, right? We need a recession to clean out all of the misallocations and maladjustments and distortions that the Fed has created, really going back all the way to 2008. We need a deep recession, cleanse everything out, start over again. But that would mean a lot of economic pain. And for all of the tough talk, I don't think the Fed has the political will to allow the economy to crash. And remember, when, when it's all said and done, these aren't really economists or bankers. They're freaking politicians, and they're going to be motivated by their political instincts. They're not going to let the economy crash. I mean, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place, right? Because people are very unhappy about inflation, but they're going to be really unhappy when there's inflation and they've lost their job. So here's the the scary thing. Powell seems to be in complete denial about the condition of the economy. During his press conference, he painted this rosy picture that, I mean, it's completely detached from reality. Here's what Powell said. Overall spending is very strong. The consumer is in really good shape financially. They're spending. There's no sign of a broader slowdown that I can see in the economy. People are talking about it a lot. Consumer confidence is very low. That's probably related to the gas prices and also just stock prices to some extent for other people. But that's what we're seeing. We're not seeing a broad slowdown. We see job growth slowing, but it's still at a quite robust level. We see the economy slowing a bit, but still growth levels, healthy growth levels. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Fed just revised its Q2 GDP growth projection to zero. Yes, zero. That follows on the heels of a negative 1.5 GDP print in the first quarter. In other words, in the first quarter, the economy contracted, and now The Atlanta Fed is projecting that GDP in the second quarter will be zero. That means no growth. So Powell is saying he thinks the Fed can slay inflation without pushing the economy into a recession, but the numbers tell us we're probably already in a recession. And Powell calls this healthy growth levels. In what universe is zero a healthy growth level? I mean, he has to know this is BS, right? He's up there lying his ass off because if he admits the economy is tanking after he just delivered the biggest rate hike in, what, 28 years, the cat's out of the bag. Everybody's going to realize Powell is standing there behind the podium with his pants down. They'll realize that we're really screwed. I mean, I know this already. You know this already. But most people still think the Fed's got this, right? He can't admit that the economy is teetering on the brink and that inflation is still running at 8.6%. The other head scratcher is Powell's insistence that the consumer is in really good shape financially. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, when I pull up to the gas pump or walk down the aisle at the grocery store, I don't feel financially fit. And the data belies Powell's confidence. But hey, we're still spending, right? Powell said overall spending is very strong. Well, that very strong spending suddenly and unexpectedly fell in May. Retail sales declined by 0.3%. The projection was for retail sales to increase by one-tenth of a percent. 
April's number was revised down from 0.9 to 0.7%. A steep drop in automobile sales pushed the overall retail sales lower. Excluding autos, sales were up 0.5%, but this still fell short of the expected 0.8% increase. So, you know, a big ticket or a drop in big ticket items like automobiles and appliances, things like that. That's the canary in the coal mine. That's the first thing you stop spending on, right? You're thinking about buying a car. Your financial situation gets tight. You say, I'm going to put off buying that car. That's the canary in the coal mine. We're seeing that now. Now, in the previous several months, retail sales surprised to the upside. The mainstream spun this as good news, telling us it signaled a strong economy. They said Americans were spending more despite rising prices. In fact, Americans were spending more because of rising prices, and now they're spending less despite rising prices. Even when sales were rising, it was clear that Americans weren't actually buying more stuff. It was just reflecting inflation, right? They were simply paying more for the things they were buying. Rising prices accounted for the entirety of those sales increases. Now, I've explained this before, but it's worth going over again because we get new listeners all the time, and it's important to wrap your head around this. Retail sales are not inflation-adjusted. Since sales are expressed in dollar amounts, they reflect both units sold and rising prices. That means there are basically two ways that retail sales can go up. Number one, consumers can buy a larger quantity of stuff. Or number two, the price of the stuff they're buying can go up. So in other words, just because dollar widget sales increase doesn't mean people bought more widgets. It could be that they bought even fewer widgets, but they paid more for them, and that would show an increase in retail sales. So people were buying less stuff, but with rising prices, retail sales were still showing an increase. The data was showing the inflation. Well, May's numbers indicate that consumers are slowing their spending. Of course, they're still paying more because prices are still rising, but they're buying even less stuff. So I talked about wages last week. Hourly wages are going up, but not as fast as prices. So people are turning to credit cards to maintain their spending. Credit card debt pushed into record territory in April. So question, how does Powell look us in the eye with a straight face and tell us we're in good shape financially. It's all BS. Now, the data indicates that the economy is actually at a tipping point. If this rate hike doesn't push us over the edge, the next one almost certainly will. Now, in the show notes page, and you can find that over at shiftgold.com news. It'll be right at the top today. In that show notes page, I'm going to include a graph that indicates that this rate hike puts us into a recession is looming territory. As the amount of debt in the economy continues to grow, every rate hike cycle gets smaller and smaller. The increase in interest rates gets smaller and smaller before the Fed has to go back to loose monetary policy because it creates a recession. Remember, in 2018, 2.5% was the max. The markets crashed and the Fed went back to rate cuts. And I always emphasize this. This was before the pandemic. So if you look at the graph on the show notes page, it's clear that 2.5% is not possible this time without going into a recession, assuming history continues, much less 3% or 4%. We're at the peak rate right 
now. Inflation is at 8.6%, and the Fed is now really realistically at the highest interest rate it's going to be able to get to without creating a recession. So no matter how emphatically Powell insists that the Fed can raise interest rates, slay inflation, and bring us to a soft landing, reality says otherwise. So the question is, how will the Fed play this? I've been asking this question for months because we've been coming to this crossroads for a long time. That was the title of last week's podcast. We're getting close to the crossroads. How will the Fed play it? Will it keep hiking into the recession that is certainly coming, if not already here, I think it's already here, will the Fed keep trying to fight inflation because there's no indication that inflation is going down? We got the producer price um, data on, uh, on Monday, and that shows that producer prices are still going up. So there's still more inflation coming through the pipeline. So in order to fight inflation, The Fed's probably going to need to raise rates more, but we're going to be in a recession. What is the Fed going to do? Is it going to hike into the recession to slay inflation, or is it going to surrender to inflation and and just let it go? Both scenarios are bad. Now, you know, the Fed will spin it, so whatever they do, this is the right move, and don't worry, we've got this under control. I think history shows us if nothing else, that the Fed does not have this under control. So the bottom line is we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for what's coming down the pike. We've got to be realistic. We can't listen to the BS that's coming out of the central bank, out of the government, and even out of the financial media. So I highly recommend, I say this every week, talk to a shift gold precious metal specialist today. They can help you figure out if and how precious metals can fit into your investment portfolio and and help protect your wealth in the turbulent time that is coming. Because I think it's clear no matter what happens, if I'm totally wrong and inflation goes under control but we still have a recession, you still need to protect your wealth, right? Talk to a shift called precious metal specialist. They can look at your portfolio, where you are, your investment strategy, your um, appetite for risk, all of those things, and they'll help you see how precious metals can fit in. These guys are well-trained. They understand the economics. They understand the markets. Call them today, 1-888-GOLD-160, or just email info at shiftgold.com. Or if you go to the website, you can go to the tab that says Getting Started, and you can actually just chat online with one of the precious metal specialists. Do it today. With that... I'm going to call this a gold wrap for the week. Now, of course, you can get more details on all of these stories and more. You can keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Links to all of this are on the show notes page. I want to call attention to an article that I wrote uh, this week. You know, you, you're hearing all of this uh, this rhetoric that big oil is making huge profits, and that's why oil prices are rising. I wrote an article showing that this is BS with the actual data. So check that out over at shiftcold.com slash news. Um, if you want to shoot me an email, we'd love to hear from you. M Mahari, M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y at shiftgold.com. 
and uh, and I, I will definitely respond. Maybe not quickly, but I will respond. So shoot me an email if you'd like. And with that, we're going to call it a day. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I will talk to you next week.